Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. All right, here we go. Sunday, November 14th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. Flyers wrap up the week of hockey with a 5-2 loss against the Dallas Stars. All said and done, we looked at last week at the end of the week, we looked at five of a possible six points in those games that they played. This week, they only get two of a possible six points by way of that 2-1 victory over the Carolina Hurricanes on Friday. Lose the first game of the week. That was a 3-0 loss against Toronto on Wednesday. Win the game on Friday against Carolina and come from behind fashion with two third-period goals and then ultimately end up losing to the Dallas Stars 5-2 on Saturday. Dallas has been home since Monday, laying in wait. They played on Wednesday, but laying in wait for the Flyers, who played three games in four days, played them all in different cities, and changed time zones. Um, Tough spot in the schedule for the Flyers, but still a missed opportunity to grab a couple points in the standings. And it's a good thing they won the game over the Carolina Hurricanes because it could have been a disastrous week for the Flyers. Uh, But ultimately, they come out with just the two points and they look to pick it up coming up on Tuesday when they get back at it against the Calgary Flames, which will be Flyers alumni Hall of Fame night as Rick Tockett and Paul Holmgren will be inducted into the Flyers Hall of Fame. That's coming up on Tuesday. Ceremonies starting at 6.30. Uh, If you're going down to the game on Tuesday to be there for the ceremonies, be there at 6.30 for the ceremony. Game will start at 7. So that's what's coming up. It'll be, again, Calgary on Tuesday. Flyers will try and avenge that 4-0 loss in Calgary as that last game of the uh, Western Canadian road trip took place. Then on Thursday, they're going to take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then Saturday, also at Wells Fargo, it'll be the Boston Bruins. So really important week coming up once again. Standings are still incredibly tight, but uh, the Flyers look to bounce back from a loss, as they've done every time so far this season. They've come back after a loss and gotten a win. We'll see if they can continue that trend, and that's going to come up on Tuesday. Also in the game, Martin Jones picks up his first loss as a Flyer, now a record of 3-1. and one. Uh, Flyers had a really good first period, 19 shots on goal, and Anton Hudobin, he makes all the saves. Matter of fact, they come out of the period trailing by a goal. And ultimately, in the second period, even though Dallas led after one and Flyers outplayed them significantly, then Dallas had a really good second period. Flyers, I think, only had five shots in the second period in the game. A couple of weird goals in that second period, including the one the Flyers scored, James Van Riemsdyk, which was actually put in the net by a Dallas Star uh, defender's glove. And Flyers uh, look like they lacked energy, probably because they were. And again, these spots in the schedule are tough, uh, but it is a missed opportunity because it was two points in the standings uh, that the Flyers would love to have banked against a team that's off to a struggling start. I mean, going into the game, Dallas did not have a regulation win on the season. They had four wins coming into the game. All of them came either in overtime or the shootout, which is a pretty astounding number when you're 12, 13 games into the season. Uh, but Dallas gets the over or gets the regulation win rather, and it's their first of the season. They grab the two points, and the Flyers will return home and get ready for alumni game on Monday and uh, obviously Tuesday night against the Calgary Flames. Now, alumni game coming up on Monday. You know, in the last couple episodes, we've had some guests on. We talked to Dave Brown the other day. In yesterday's episode, we talked to Mike Knubel. And on this episode, let's hear my conversation with former Flyer and now executive with the Montreal Canadiens, Scott Mellon. Joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily, uh, he played over 1,400 NHL games, and he skated this morning for the second time, I think, in three months. It's Scott Mellonby. Scott, how you doing? 
I'm, I was saying to you, I'm, I, I, sometimes when you haven't skated in a while and you get the, the lungs get filled up, you get that choking feeling. So that um, was okay. I was actually out there. I'm, I'm in St. Louis right now and um, skated with uh, Andy McDonald on my line. And Andy, Andy uh, can still buzz around out there pretty good. So I just went and stood by the net and banged a few in. So it was okay. It was okay. But my, my VO2 is definitely not where not, not in a good place. Uh, you, you're still working in the NHL. You're with the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. So yeah. you have uh, the ability to get updated gear. Or are you wearing 19 <laughs> uh, or 2007 skates still? Oh, well, you know what? I, as a matter of fact, when I retired in seven. I scouted for a couple of years with Vancouver and then I went and I coached for, I coached for, I was living in St. Louis and I coached for two years, uh, one year with Davis Payne and one year with Ken Hitchcock. I got some new skates in those, like in, that would have been 2009, 2010. So they're, they're, they're 2009, 10 models, but they, they look pretty good. I can, I can get away with them. They look modern enough. They look modern enough. It's not like you're wearing a pair of old, like, molded Microns or something like that. No, 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 no. The Nicky Fatiu Microns that used to squeak when he'd walk around the dressing room. Yeah. No, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I, 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 I've got some fairly modern equipment. And uh, I do get out here and there, not as much as I'd like to. But um, I'm in St. Louis, and I actually have from – I played in the outdoor game at Bush Stadium a few years back, and uh, we got kind of – outfitted with some blues stuff. So I actually told Tom Stillman, who's the owner of the blues, he skates with the guys in the morning and stuff. I told him today, I said, I'm going to Philly with a bunch of blues gear. So if I get beat up, he said, I'm going to be blaming you. Cause I got, that's all I got is blues gear. So maybe <laughs> I, they got some, maybe they got some flyers colors for us. I think Rex caught a little crap when he came and played, I think it was a 2012 alumni outdoor game against the Rangers. Cause he had just retired from Boston. He had, he had his pants had the, the Boston logo on it. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you this for sure. I played in one about. I played in a thing in Montreal about ten years ago, and they made us put these shells over, like what I, I. And again, I had blue stuff on. And the one thing that, you know, we hate as players, you, like your skates got to feel good, and your gloves and stick, right? You get away with a lot of other stuff, but it's hard enough for us to move at times out there as it is nowadays that anything restrictive on your legs too so if they come to me with a new pair of pants it ain't gonna happen you're gonna see you're gonna see melon b19 out there with blue pants on that's just the way it is because trying to put on any new gear at this point makes it makes the very difficult much more difficult it's crazy because as a goalie the the one piece of equipment i hated to change back in the day it was pads now that's not a problem because they come ready to play but pants and the upper body you just yeah. you feel like you get ten times more tired breaking in new gear. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just not you know it's it's like anything else. It's comfort, right? It's comfort yeah. level. You just don't feel comfortable. Um, that's that's you know, guys are finicky about their stuff, and and you know when you feel comfortable and you feel good, you can you know perform and stuff. So yeah, new 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 gear is always a challenge. It was never fun putting on new stuff and getting it broken in because you just felt you just felt awkward you know so um yeah i'll be I'll, I'll spray paint them black i'll I'll spray paint my pants black before i'm going to put black ones on that's what i'm saying today anyway we'll see how that goes uh, you played for the flyers you started your career here you paid played 355 games over six years with the mm-hmm. flyers and when you play for that organization it, you're connected to it forever in, in a lot of yes. ways you still feel so connected to it no 
you know, all these I, years I later? Do, <clears throat> I really do. I really do. And I think it's, and again, I, I can't speak for every player that, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but you know, when you get, when you get drafted by, you know, Bob Clark and Keith Allen and Ed Snyder's the owner and um, the teams that had won cups in the seventies and just the culture at that time, you know, there was something fun about being part of the broad street bully, you know, organization. And, and uh, it just was, it was a special, you know, um, we almost won a cup there when I was there, but yeah, it's, it is special. And it's just, I go into the building there now and I go up to the press box, like to scout a game. My, I have my daughter, I have a daughter that actually lives in Philly. So I try to get out there for a few games a year to scout and stuff. And I, the amount of people that are still in the building, working in the building that were yeah. there when I was there playing, there's, there's still people and everybody's, Hey, Scotty, how you doing? Hey, Scotty. It's just, you have such a great family uh, feeling. Um, and yeah, it's, I mean, being a flyer, and I, I, I hope I can say this. I don't want to say something I'm not supposed to be able to say, but um, like I kind of in, in, always kind of said, it's almost like being in, a, in the mob, like you're in. And as long as you are loyal to the family, you will be a flyer and taken care of forever. And that's just the way you're treated. And I think it started with Ed Snyder. And, um, you know, like I said, Keith Allen and Bob Clark, just the culture there over the years. Uh, and then got passed down through through guys like Homer and, and everything else. It's, it's, it's a special place to be able to have been drafted and, and played and be attached to. They When you first came for your first camp, did they prick your finger and like burn a Saint card in your hand and rub it together? <laughs> <like your mom? laughs> no, no, not exactly. Not exactly. But we all got indoctrinated <laughs> different ways. And uh, uh, Mike made sure, Mike made sure that you knew that you were going to have to pay a bit of a price to be a flyer. So it was good. Mike Keenan, he was uh, hard on all of us, but uh, he made you appreciate being a flyer. Could he coach in today's game with how things are, are pretty, you know, Mike was really tough on players. You played for him. He's going to be there, which is great. But yeah. could he coach in today's game with today's athlete? Well, not that size. <laughs> yeah, no, what I always say, because I you always hear the uh, comparing eras of players, right? So to me, let's say, you know, you look at tapes from back in the, you know, in the 60s and 70s and or and everything, you know, and you look at, at even, you know, when I played in the 80s, like, I believe that the best players then would be the best players now. They would have had a different, they'd have different equipment. They'd have different nutrition. They'd, I mean, I remember early in my career wearing one pair of skates the whole year. Like it just, it's different. But I believe the best players then would be the best players now. And so it's easy to say, well, a guy like Mike is, is the way he was then. But, you know, he was a smart guy. He, he knew his thing was, you know, trying to find ways to motivate people like all good coaches do. And I think he would have just been different, you know? Um, so... I think he would have coached in today's game. He just would have done it differently. But I think the people that have excelled and, and uh, the greatest in the game, like I, I just really believe that they would they would be the best now. They just would have had the equipment and the knowledge and the whatever to to do it differently. Scott, could you have imagined that when you were taken in the second round of the, in the 84 entry draft, that you'd be a professional and you'd play in the NHL from, I mean, you broke in in the 85, 86 season, after your junior year was over, but your first full season's 86, 87, mm -hmm. and that you wouldn't retire until 2007. I mean, it's 21 years. 
I mean, yeah. that's from birth to legal drinking age in the States. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. That is yeah. a lot, a 1,400 plus. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot, a lot of years yeah. in this league. Yeah, no, you don't, you don't go into it, you know, with those kind, kind of, uh, you know, thoughts in your mind. You're just, you're just worried about trying to make a team, make the team. And, and then obviously as you get, gain some experience, you're, you're, you, you know, you can play in the league, um, but I don't think you ever really, you know, you never really look at those things until you've done. And then you look back and I will say, I will say having been in the game now on the other side of it with coaching and managing and stuff and seeing the draft every year. So the draft is a great day every year for a bunch of kids that get drafted. And there's kids that, get, that don't get drafted that make it. So it is what it is. But when you really start looking at the numbers uh, uh, of how many kids that, that are the best of the best, identified as the best of the best the amount of those guys that play 50 to 100 games is very small you know so just it just shows you how how hard and and when you're playing you don't really appreciate that right like you get in the league you make it you play you don't really realize how difficult it is to get there and then and then like i said seeing it now and seeing when we when we go through a draft and pick five six eight ten depending on the year you know seven rounds the reality of it is most of those guys are never going to play and yeah. and that's the sad truth but it's also a good lesson for for parents and kids that hey like you know there's a lot more life than you know hey then that, that doesn't mean take the dream away and don't go for it but it's uh it you know i look back on it now and i do shake my head to your point i was able to play that long i um you know there was expansion uh there was you know obviously the training and, and nutrition uh, i feel very fortunate to have started with mike keenan and pat croce at the time it was there, we were very progressive. Clarkie was progressive, very progressive in training and nutrition that at that time was not going on everywhere. So all those lessons that I learned, I think, along with staying you know, pretty healthy with my shoulders and knees in particular, I was able to play a long time. And that's the foundation to stay fit that, that probably helped you throughout your, your entire career. But as you get older and you age up in the league, you start training smarter, not harder. Was that something that you figured out like every year? It was a little something different yeah. because. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. No doubt yeah. about it. I mean, listen, if you don't, that's, that's, you know, one of the things for sure I look back on is my ability to adjust, to adjust to how the game was played. You know, you have to have the hockey sense and smarts to be able to, to adjust from coach to coach and system, you know, systems are, it's not like they're, hugely different but there still is the game changed you know the one two two came in you know you had to adjust to the way the game was played and then no doubt about it the training um you know adjusting your being being open-minded to the fact that hey like this is the where we're going with things and i mean the last several years i played and i can't count how many but you know the 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 track workouts the sprint work on the track and agility work on the track that stuff we never did my first 10 years playing we weren't out on the track you know you might do something testing wise in camp but i wasn't going to the track and doing you know 60 meter sprints and then 100 meter sprints and all this so yeah for sure it, it changed dramatically the explosive exercises that we learned i think from the europeans over the years from you know from from you know we went from just basic squats to then explosive uh, cleans and explosive box jumps and all that stuff. And if you weren't willing to adjust and, and, and understand that that's the way things were progressing, then yeah, you got left behind. 
it's almost like the game is played in a really small area. It's all stops and starts. And that just makes, when you look back on it, you go, that makes so much sense because if I'm in the corner, I need to get to the net. You know, that's an explosive move to the net. It's not about yeah. going end to end and speed that way. It's about speed in small spaces. And you see, like yeah. you see it now uh, and these kids that come in, Scott, I mean, these kids come in with so much skill they go on YouTube. They watch videos of guys doing yeah. crazy stuff with the puck. They work on it in the garage. Then they put it on the ice. Are you kind of blown yeah. away at the the skill that they come in with now? Yeah, I am. And you're right. I mean, we just didn't do when I was a kid. I mean, even you know when I, when I went through college and pro, I mean, we used to stand around at the end of practice and guy pass the puck out from the corner and you shoot the puck. You know, yeah. like it. You know. Uh, the stuff that the guys are, are from being young, young kids, the skill development, uh, especially the puck skills and stuff is is phenomenal. But um, yeah, you make a great point about the quickness and the small area stuff, though. It's still, you know, I, I you know, obviously doing a lot of scouting, we, we look at, at, at speed and then we also look at quickness, right? So we have a guy like Brendan Gallagher in Montreal. You know, Galley from, from, you know, end to end isn't the fastest player, but below the top of the circles, he's quick, you know? And so if you can be both, then you're, then you're Connor McDavid, you know, yeah. but, um, you know, for some guys, like, I think I was like that. I was not a burner when it came to, to speed, but I was pretty fast twitch, you know, like around the net, I had pretty quick hands and getting the loose pucks and things like that. I had a little bit of that smaller quickness, which is, as you, as you mentioned, that's, that's a big part of the game. It, it's a big part of the game. You know, puck retrievals on power plays, puck retrievals, five on five, a small space game, you know, that, that quickness is really, you know, is, is important. And the other thing about that too, is you don't have to be the fastest guy, but you can play fast. It's the same thing with a team. Like you watch a team play one year and you go, well, they look slow and plodding. And then the next year, because they can transition the puck, they can get on you so quick and all of a sudden stretch the ice. And it's like, man, did those guys get faster? And I, I people ask me this about JVR. They go, did he get faster this year? I go, I can assure you, he did not get faster, but they play faster and it yeah. looks faster on ice. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's very observant. I know being around St. Louis so for many, many years, since I retired and I coached it for a couple of years, but you know, their team, the year they won a cup in 19, I was at a number of their games here scouting in the first half of the year, they were terrible and they looked slow, slow, slow. And then as they, as our good friend, uh, Craig Berube got in there and they, and things started to, to turn for them for a number of reasons, but all of a sudden they looked like a faster team, but it was cohesiveness you know, hockey sense and, and thinking the game quickly also can help you play fast. Um, so yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, we all want fast teams. We want, but 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 yeah, there there are guys that aren't that that fast that uh, that can play fast because because their brains are uh, you know their their hockey sense and their ability to to see the game is quick as well. So there's, I mean, you can be real fast, but if you don't know how to think, you just what do they say? You get to the wrong places really fast, right? So. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it goes hand in hand. There's, a, there's, there's both. It's nice to have raw speed, but for sure, as a team, if you're cohesive and you, you have a certain way you can play that can, can, can play faster. It's amazing. Like Connor McDavid can absolutely fly, but he can also think the game at the same speed. Now, you played against some, I mean, legendary players, uh, Gretzky, Lemieux, uh, Iserman, uh, the great players throughout your career, 21 years. I mean, the list goes on and on. Lidstrom. I mean, it's insane. Some of the guys, Ray Bork. 
and and you look at it and you see a guy like McDavid. I mean, you saw the highlight yeah. last week where he just went through the entire Rangers team. Like he looked like, yeah. uh, you know, a guy that's playing D one college in a C beer league. And it's yeah. the NHL. Like how, I mean, how is that even almost possible to be that insane? Yeah. It, 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 I mean, that's one thing that you really, um, I remember uh, at times being on the bench, or, you know, when I'm playing against Lemieux, I remember being in Pittsburgh one night and he did a few things. And I think, it, you know, when you're in the league and you're, you're one of the best in the world, which I was like, cause I'm in that league. And then yeah, you you're in the one percent of the one percent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you see some of the things these guys do. It it does blow you away because you're like, this is the NHL. Like this isn't a beer league. Yeah. You know, I remember playing with Marion Hosa in, in in Atlanta and and Brad McCrimmon, another great friend of ours that we miss. Uh, Brad was uh, assistant coach in Atlanta and 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 Haas. We used to call Marion Hosa Haas. He was a great player. And he did something. I don't even remember what it was and ended up and ended up in the net. And I just leaned back on the bench and I looked over and, and Beast and I, our eyes kind of met, right? And we just looked at each other like, and one of the guys on the bench said, is there another league they can call him up to? Because it's like, <laughs> he's too good for this league, you know? So it's- He's playing a different game. It, yeah, and we all love the game. Like, even though we're pros, we still love the game. That's why we're there. That's where we're playing. We grew up, we were kids. We were little kids watching superstars, right? So we still can sometimes get that that look where you're like, oh my God, like, did he actually just do that? And it's, uh, yeah. it's pretty neat. And it's great. And it's fun to see because there is so much speed in the game. And there is so many good, but at times you see a little bit less of, of, of that, you know, not that it's not there. It's just the checking is so tight now that it's harder to do than it maybe used to be. We used to have a little bit more time and space the way the game was played, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's really neat to see guys do that. It's, 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 it's cool. You, you just talked about, you know, you grew up playing the game. 1979, Scott Mellenby, from a team from Mississauga, plays it six years before yours truly in the world-famous Quebec Pee Wee tournament. Yeah. What was that like? I love asking well, guys about this tournament because it's a legendary tournament. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely – cool cool experience um i don't want to get anybody in trouble but i had my first half glass of wine uh, uh, sitting with my billets at 12 years old right in in you know french quebec me and my i don't even i i hate to say i don't remember who my teammate was that we stayed at this place but their kids had a little couple sips of wine you know whether you were 10 or 12 or 30 that was the culture that's what they did right and uh, you probably could get them to sleep better, but um, phenomenal tournament and thrilling for me to then have my son playing it. Oh. Uh, my son Nick is now 20, so played in it eight years ago, so probably 2013 ish uh, to go back there. Alan McGinnis and I were coaching the team and the St. Louis team and still played in the Coliseum again, the Colorado Coliseum. And uh, the building hadn't changed that much, to be honest with you. So, well, that um, takes yeah, you back, doesn't it? Great tournament. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What a yeah. great tournament. What a great tournament it is. I remember the Billa family I stayed with didn't have an indoor bathroom. Oh, really? I, 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 yeah. You had to go to an outhouse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't speak a lick of English. And it was yeah. like nine yeah, days. The ones I was, yeah, I was the ones I, would, I was with them either. But yeah. And then <laughs> a lot of those portable garages, right? Just the big. Uh, yep things that they pull across for the winter and stuff. And it's, it's a pretty, it's a very neat uh, culture. And it, it, uh, 
passion for hockey there is tremendous and they take great pride and i remember like i said taking my son back there the, the pride of those billet families have and year after year taking mm-hmm. the kids in and it's really it's just such a it's embedded in their in their in their way of life and they just look so forward to, to to helping and doing that kind of stuff so really cool i'm just glad like the evolution of society hasn't weeded that that tournament out and it's still the way it was that's just and like for you to go back with your son after all those years is so cool let, let me ask yeah. you you know the game gives you so much whether you make it to the nhl or you don't make it to the nhl what is this game giving you scott because you played so long professionally you played all growing up it shapes you as a person it shapes you as a man what what is the game giving you well it's given me everything that i have first of all obviously there's the you know the financial part of it which it's given me employment since the time I was 19 years old and at 55 still have that but more you know way more importantly than that it's just given me relationships friendships um you know the ups and downs of, of life our family we've been through a lot I have a 25 year old autistic son that's with me and my wife today and I think that my journey through hockey and my teammates and the support I've had through the hockey community has been crucial for us um and you know going back to to philly this 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 uh you know this monday tuesday is going to be very special because that's what started for me and and uh like i said we came one game from winning a stanley cup but the relationships that i have and whether you don't see guys for a long period of time when you see them it's just it's just that instant bond is there so i mean it's given me everything i have to be honest with that and i really truly and i'm not in any way knocking any other sport i don't know i can only speak for our sport but for the most part the people that i've been around and dealt with over my career um and i know there's a lot of things going on now that are that are unfortunate but you know i think you'll find things in every walk of life where there's there's issues um but i've i've found it to be to be just great you know people to be around and and a lot of humility I think for the most part, we have a very, you know, humble group of athletes that, uh, you know, do great things for their communities. And, and um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's like, I, I look back at it and, and shake my head and, and probably, you know, I'm surprised that I'm still in the game, but I'm, I feel extremely fortunate that I am because just look just great people to be around. It's never I, it's always we, no matter what level yeah. it's at. It's, it's amazing because the room never lets an eye happen because yeah. the room will put that guy in his place. Cause it's never about one person. It, it, it starts in youth hockey, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And I mean, I, you know, I went through the youth hockey journey with my son and that was, that was fun too. Um, but I go back to what I said about, uh, you know, the number of kids that, that make it, but all the kids that play do go through those ups and downs of, of, the journey, right? That, that where they're going to take it to whatever they end up doing in life. It's not necessarily, you know, going to be professional hockey, but, but being part of a team, being part of a group, being part of a, uh, you know, um, just those ups and downs of, you know, most kids don't get to be the star their whole life. So they're going to be on the fourth line or the third line, if you will, if it's youth hockey, or they're going to, you know, have adversity. They're going to not have something go their way. And I think dealing with those things is really important as people 
um, just because it makes you stronger. And you realize that life doesn't always give you what you want, you know, um, but you have to make the most of what it does give you. And, and I think that you learn great lessons in, in sports, regardless of it's hockey or other sports, but you just, it's uh, the dynamics really teach a lot of life lessons that you'll have forever. In St. Louis, like Philadelphia, a lot yeah. of NHL players have chose, chosen to reside there. And the youth programs, as a result, are the real deal in St. Louis now. Like in Philadelphia, the success of the Flyers led to an explosion for USA hockey in this area. Same thing in St. Louis. That's pretty cool to see. You guys got some really good youth teams up there because so many of you former players are still there. Yeah. No, yeah. No, the St. Louis uh... – Youth hockey is really, is really, I mean, it goes back to, you know, guys that played in the seventies here, Bruce Affleck and Johnny Wensink, who's been very, very influential in the, in the uh, blues participation. And he kind of became an ambassador with the Wee Quebec relationship and uh, over the years. And, you know, yeah, many, many, many alumni, Rob Ramage and Jeff Brown and Kachuk and Al McInnes and a lot of guys that had kids go through there. So yeah, they were very hands-on and very involved. Um, you know, pretty good coaches <laughs> to have, and yeah. uh, a lot of good players have come through there. And and yeah, I mean, really put St. Louis hockey probably in the '90s really put St. Louis youth hockey on the map. And it's you know it's a very competitive uh, program, and they do a great job here. And uh, the Blues and uh, with the alumni have just done great things here in the community. So it's, 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 it's a good place to live. And a lot of guys have retired here over the years and, and, and stuck around because it's a really nice, not overly transient city and, and St. Louis people are St. Louis people. Yeah. Um, last thing for you, Scott, you're going to skate the wing with Eric Lindros and John LeClaire. I heard that. I heard that. I got, yeah, I, you joined I, I the Legion of that, Doom. I, I actually, I actually, I actually got a, got a text from Davey Poole in about 20 minutes before coming on with you and uh he told me he said oh i heard that uh when they told you you were going to play with poolin and prop that you said you weren't available but you you held up for lindros and leclerc and i said no not true but uh no what it's yeah what a great honor those guys are obviously great players and had a great you know part of their history there in in philadelphia so yeah that's gonna be a lot of fun i don't know that i i'm not the biggest guy but i'm not small i don't know that i've ever been the smallest guy on my line yeah <laughs> but i'm gonna be the smallest guy on this line so um but uh, that'll be a, a lot of fun yeah i'm looking forward to it but that i mean think about that all you guys in your prime with lindros and the way he could just take over a game physically and with his i mean just to be that big and that physical and have the mean edge to him, but also have the hands of butter um, were yeah. ridiculous. And Leclerc and that yeah. heavy shot that was just an unbelievable yeah. release. And to play with those two guys, all of you guys in your prime, you guys would have done a lot of damage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I wish I would have loved to have got that opportunity. Unfortunately, <laughs> I think that uh, Ren Renberg did a great job with those guys, but uh, yeah. yeah, I would have, I would have loved, I would have loved that opportunity. That would have been pretty, pretty neat but uh right right in a contract year yeah yeah (laughs) just go hang out by the net yeah and that's the great thing too i think about our game is the guys regardless of you know where you played you know we we just have such a great respect for each other uh obviously we we went to battle and 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 had you know that that's hockey right i mean um, but i think there's a great respect for each other uh, especially the guys that were able to play 
you know, for a, a long, long time. And, and we realize what that takes to do that, you know, to, to be in the league for a long time. And uh, uh, they were, they were great players. And Eric was certainly a scary individual to be out there against. He was so good in so many ways. And uh, if he wasn't happy, he could run over and beat you up or do whatever he wanted to do. So yeah, uh, glad, I'm glad I'll be on his team. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, when's the last time you put a Flyers jersey on? Was it 1991? That's a great question. I, I think so. I mean, I've played in, I've played in some. You know, I ended up retiring and living in St. Louis. I played in uh, working for the Canadians. I played in a Canadians thing at the at the Bell Center. Um, I've played in a handful of Blues events if you will uh, outdoor game i've never played i've never played in a flyer alumni deal um so it probably has to be i mean i yeah it has to be in the spectrum 1991 in the spectrum was probably the last time you ran out in that jersey well you're going to do it on monday um yeah excited about it and that's going to be a trip i'm sure might be a size bigger the jersey i gotta wear but you know that's that's the way it goes Right. Scott, I'm not too I, bad. I'm not too bad. I'm not too much. I'm not, I'm not in good shape, but I'm not too bad. I'll be okay. Yeah, you'll do just With those two guys. I'm just going to go to the net. Just go to the net. My stick on the Every, ice, you know. Eighty-five percent of the goals are scored with four and a half feet from the net. So go there. That's right. Yeah, that's where I got mine. So that's where I'll go. Dirty areas. Um, Scott, thanks for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. Best of luck with the season with Montreal and. Um, I, I know everything's kind of opening back up up there as well through the pandemic. I hope you, you know, you got through it well and the great work you're doing with athletes against autism is tremendous. I, I love when, when guys get together with other pro athletes and, and really fight for a cause. And I know it means a lot to you. So yeah, well, uh, I, appreciate I appreciate you doing that. this. Yeah. yeah, no problem. Yeah, I loved it. Like I said, love being a flyer and really excited. Uh, my daughter was there now and has uh, moved in with her boyfriend and, um so philly's still part of our life and uh really excited to get back and see all the guys well you got a couch to crash on in philadelphia as well that's good yeah that's Um, right (laughs) scott thanks for doing this we'll talk again all right thanks take care appreciate jason thank you never a bad thing that when you get called in for an alumni game you get to skate the wing with eric lindros and john leclerc and automatically you become a member of the legion of doom That's what Scott Mellonby is looking at for the game coming up tomorrow night. Not bad. Uh, Flyers will be back at it on Tuesday against the Calgary Flames. It'll be a chance to avenge that 4-0 loss on the road earlier this season. We'll see if they can get the job done. But in the meantime, we'll have a brand new episode of Flyers Daily for you coming up tomorrow. Have a great Sunday, and we'll talk to you on Monday's Flyers Daily.